Well, welcome to the Tuesday mashup. This one's a new one. You know, Tuesday says to me, folks, he says, you're on the holidays. I say, yeah, why don't we take a week or two? You know, like, just let's take a break. You know, I got people talking in the background right now. I'm sitting in a broom closet, storage closet. And he goes, it'll be easy. It'll be fun. I have no issues. I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. I expect every hotel I go to, and I'm going to be like, hey, I'm a podcaster. I would really like a nice, quiet space. And this is what I get. I get the storage closet on the second floor with no AC and a fly buzzing around my head that I want to lose my shit on. Anyways, how's Tuz doing? Tuz is great. Tuz is really glad that you're deciding to do this on vacation. Tuz is a big fan of this show. And <laughs> you know what? If you're going to be a full-time podcaster, you got to keep that grind. You got to keep I gotta going. I got to suck it up. Is we, that what you're trying to tell me? Well, is that what I you're mean, fucking trying we, to tell me today? If we let it slide, then the next time it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm a little tired. Well, Maybe we what? shouldn't. I'm going to start else. the timer right now because I got it set for 22 minutes and 22 seconds. I figured you'd enjoy that. Oh, let's, let's fucking. Why haven't we done that every time? That's a good question, because usually we have like 10 things or 14 things and it never works. But it's going to go for 22, 22. And then I'm getting the heck out of this room before I faint. Does that sound? It's 100 Fahrenheit where I'm at. She's a little hot. Do you have the buzzer? I got the buzzer, baby. OK, let's I, rock. I've got roll. mine, too. Timer starting now. Let's start with Trudeau at the Calgary Stampede. Can I just say it really irritates me when a whole bunch of politicians descend upon Calgary? I understand it's a large event in Canada, but then they all dress up like cowboys and not all of them. Jean Charest didn't. I agree. Yep. I never thought I'd say Jean Charest. Hey, props to him for not being a poser and for not culturally culturally appropriating the West either. I mean, it's about the nicest thing I can or probably ever will say about Jean Charest is that he didn't just, you know, be a douche about it. What, do you, what did you think uh, of Trudeau, uh, them trying to say that he was being, uh, what was the word, mobbed? Prime mobbed? Minister mobbed by admirers <laughs> at Stampede Pancake <laughs> Breakfast. Okay, so first of all, if Trudeau is getting mobbed in the West, at, in the West, it's it's not a friendly kind of mob. This is the Rotten Tomatoes kind of mob. Secondly, there was no press announcement as to what, what his itinerary was going to be until that plane was already up in the air from Ottawa. There was uh, Brian Passiflume, I'm, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, from The Sun had already tweeted. He's like, where is Trudeau today? What is going on? And then later on, oh, wait, he's sneaking into Calgary. And so they do a pancake breakfast just outside of the airport that seems to be somewhat vetted. And it's funny when he's talking and trying to inspire the usual applause, you can hear the individual claps. Like it's not applause where you're just hearing a whole bunch of them. You hear the individual claps and then, and then they show him with his admirers and his fans. And there's another picture and it's a picture of him in an empty stadium with Jody Gondek and a bunch of horses. And then even there was uh, CTV news had a picture of him, from a previous year in the stampede because I think it's, he wasn't I think it, actually out with the people. Yeah, this I, was, I think, this was a very controlled event. This was, it's, this long, was a very it's long since been decided that Trudeau has very, very few fans and they're fleeting fast. Yeah. Uh, the Netherlands passes right through fuck around and goes directly to find out. Did you like that? <laughs> I did like that. I'd like to start here. Okay. I'd like to, I, 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 I literally, if people don't understand what's going on in the Netherlands, I assume they do, 
but I thought I'd just, I'd just read this little thing here. Over 30,000 Dutch farmers have risen in protest against the government in a wake of a new nitrogen limits that require farmers to radically curb their nitrogen emissions by up to 70% in the next eight years. That's going to fuck so many farmers. Here's the crazy yeah. thing about the Netherlands, okay? I mean, there's a lot, but go on. It is the world's second largest agricultural exporter after the United States, making the country of barely 17 inhabitants 17 million inhabitants, a food superpower. I think what people yep. need to understand is they're blocking like everything. Like they're, they're just airports, grocery stores are empty. Like literally they, they are the, parking big trucks in front of the doors at airports. This is insane. The there fishing, was cops the shooting fishing, at them the other, yeah, the other the fishing day. union blocked the harbors. Like this is, this yeah, is, and the Ottawa fire trucks are in on it too. This is Ottawa on steroids. And actually they're flying Canadian flags. They got a lot of love. For us in the Netherlands, right? Like you think about it, like because I mean, you know, we liberated them from the Germans back when the Germans were bad before the Russians were bad, and we were fighting with the Russians against the Germans because they were good. Uh, but but now that, uh, anyways, point is is like okay, you look at uh, they worked with the U of S to develop uh, whatever the hell they're flat not not lilies, whatever the hell their flowers are that they grow everywhere in, in the Netherlands. They developed one with the colors of the Rough Riders, specifically with the University of Saskatchewan. And there's a couple of people listening. They're going to say, well, it's also the U of S Huskies colors. But oh, okay. seriously, it's 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 they they made a rider's flower for Canada. That's how much they love us. And they're waving Canadian flags as they're doing these huge protests like this is this is far above and beyond anything that the Freedom Convoy was. And once again, is mainstream media covering it, too? So. Well, they're finally starting to cover they're it. Starting. They're this starting. This is a late edition. You probably didn't see this. But here's CTV News and their take on it. <clears throat> Anger simmers for Dutch farmers who oppose pollution cuts. <laughs> Seriously, this, this is like if they just said ungrateful Jews upset about German weight loss camps. Well, here's the here's the thing is they're trying to they're trying to make it out like people don't want to do their part in climate change and whatever. This is literally going to knock out. Whole, this is their livelihood. Everything. Like like imagine like, you, you got a regular done. ass office job and somebody just comes in and they're like, we're from the government and uh, you don't fucking work here anymore. And you're like, excuse me, that that doesn't sit right. I got I got who, a lot who of made this decision. And they're like some guy in another country because this is an EU thing. This isn't even the Netherlands. Yeah. Some dude in Greece decided you don't have a fucking job. Get the fuck out of here. Of course, they're going to protest. I got a lot of time for the Dutch right now. Let me tell you what they're doing. Hats off oh. to them because they're getting lambasted no different than what Canada did to its own people. So a lot of a lot of time for that story. They uh, got a long like, history of it. They ate their prime minister I like know, 400 years wild? ago. Oh, my God. Anyway, okay, but buzzer, buzzer. 1672. They ate their prime minister. Yeah. Wild global unrest. Where do you want to go? Do you want to go Sri Sri Lanka? Well, let's want- let's start off with um, well, let, let's start off with Albania. Let's start off with Argentina. And was it Romania? What was Kenya? I, I don't know why they're they're not even close. But yeah, there are massive protests everywhere around the world, and it's all based on this similar kind of bad policy. Like Trudeau was talking at the Stampede Breakfast about how it's a global inflation crisis. No, 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 no. It's a global bad policy crisis. It's not as though this is just happening everywhere just because. It's happening everywhere because you've got all the same shitty ideas, and it's going all over the place. And it came to a head in Sri Lanka, 
And it all started when they went with the organic farming last, a few years ago. Last April, government made good on a promise imposing a nationwide ban on the importation and use of synthetic fertilizers and pesticides and ordering the country's 2 million farmers to go organic. And the result was brutal and swift, it says, uh, um, against claims that organic methods could produce the same comparable yields. Their rice production fell 20% in just the first six months. Like they, and then, I mean, it just gets worse from there, right? Like this just goes on. And and they're huge tea exporters and coconut and rubber. And so all of that just stopped growing. And, and, Everybody was fucked. And then they storm the prime minister's home, which is just this incredible palace. And now he doesn't work there anymore. Yeah. They gave him his pink slip. They gave him his pink slip. Yeah. That's an insurrection. <laughs> okay. Trudeau, uh, Trudeau's liberals appoint four more donors, donors to be judges. Yeah, isn't it funny how this kind of story just comes up every goddamn week? So there's four more new ones, and they're all liberal donors. And then uh, this article in the Toronto Sun said, a review of 466 judicial appointments by the National Post last December showed that 28% of those receiving appointments or promotion had donated exclusively to the Liberal Party. That compares to 4% who donated to the Conservatives, exclusively 1% to the NDP, another 7% just donated to everybody and hoped whoever got in was going to take care of them. My question is, I feel really, really dumb asking this, but I'm like, Okay, so they, so they donated. You you asked about Crystal Pepsi. This should be fine. Well, I'm just going to me. None of the numbers seem like they're like it wasn't like they donated two million dollars and then became a judge. They donated money over the course of how long? And because yeah, they're liberal, they, they get I, I don't know. We're the, talking. Don't, we're talking a fair chunk of change. And one of them had, was one of them. I mean, to me, it's a ton. But to a judge, it's not that much. And I just couldn't figure out if it was a it was a lifetime donation or that was one simple like, hey, you're coming up for election. Here's six grand. Could you put me on the ballot? Well, I think that's more than you can donate in one year anyway. I'm not sure exactly what the limits are. But the point is, is that that's a lot more than what regular people donate. And the thing about it is, is even if you want to look at perspective, look at the 28% that donated just to the liberals versus four for the conservatives and 1% for the NDP. Right. And so, I mean, even within that context, you say, okay, all I'm saying is I think it's muddy water because if the conservatives are in, chances are the conservatives are doing the same shady shit. And they're doing it at 4%, whereas the liberals are doing it at 28%. So, I mean, they're they're about 96% shadier if you're doing a comparison <laughs> of each other, right? Trudeau. I, I'm, I got Trudeau on the mind, obviously. Austria to reopen closed coal-fired power stations despite climate goals. I feel like we're going back to the same... Like, this is just the same. It's bad government in Canada and it's bad policy all around the world. Okay, and and now this is, you know, we kind of touched on something vaguely like this a little while ago with Germany and France. And now Austria is doing the same thing, too, where they just say this stuff's getting too goddamn expensive and we can't really trust our supply chain right now because we're kind of at war with the people on the other end of the pipeline. So we need a backup because we can't just turn off the fridges and. Of course, the eco alarmists are saying, oh, this is bullshit. You shouldn't just use this as an excuse to abandon everything. Well, you know what? There's a million good excuses, and that's just at the top of the list right now. Interesting. Other thing, though, is that the EU has decided that, or pardon me, EU Parliament declares nuclear power and and natural gas 
as, quote, green energy. So rather than, rather than, you know, hobbling everything, they just decided to change the definitions. They're like, okay, well, this is, it wasn't green before, but now it's green. So we're going to continue to be green by, by doing this stuff that we should have been doing already, but we're going to call it green, which just goes to show that all of these labels are arbitrary and meaningless. Someday if you're bored, let's go into how much bullshit is behind organic farming. That is pretty crazy. They just changed the definitions, isn't it? Yeah, they're like, oh, natural gas oh, is green we, now, we need, so we need to we're make green. This fit into what what we need to. Do. Okay, it's green. Okay, like they didn't. There was no. This is what the liberals did when they lifted everybody out of poverty. They just changed the baseline level. They instead of saying everybody underneath this income level is poor, they just lowered the level down another few thousand dollars. And they're like, look, all the look, we made everybody not poor anymore. That didn't change anybody's thing. It just changed what color they were on the spreadsheet. This is exactly what they did. They just said the natural gas is now green energy. I feel Perfect. like about to have we just stroke. solved the world's climate crisis. I'm sitting here in a broom closet, sweating my bag off, and I'm going, ah, politics. Pierre Pouliev to skip Calgary leadership debate and will attend uh, Brett Wilson's party. This one's kind of fun. Interesting thing about Pierre Polyev is I know that everybody likes him, but let me be the voice of reason and say that this has been a long time coming. He's been campaigning for himself and not the party for a long time. He stood back a few years ago and said that, you know, for family considerations, he wasn't going to run in the last leadership. I, I'm telling you right now, he just wanted a patsy to go in, lose the election, and he was going to sweep in afterwards because he totally phoned in our last election. And... And even then, he hasn't had any conservative branding for years. It's always been Pierre Polyev and not the party, which seems a little bit counterintuitive if you want the party to win and not just yourself. And now the interesting thing is that he needs to win the East and the West to become leader. But the problem is, is that if he sits down on this debate, which is strictly about Western issues, he's going to have to make some promises that he's going to have to keep. And that's going to cost him votes in Eastern Canada, which will hamper his chance of being a prime minister. This is him just taking the easy way out. And as much as I like Brett Wilson, which isn't hundred percent, but it's a high number. I quite like the guy. Uh, he told you to get vaccinated twos. He literally, I, I got, that I was, got time for Brett Wilson was too, it. but uh, let's be clear. The guy at times has got a big old mouth on him. And that's that uh, as far as uh dodging and everything else, it's what I dis dislike about politicians right now. Even mm. the good ones seem to uh, play the game instead of just going out and doing what they That's should. That's the thing. He's playing the game because if he had to have an honest conversation about what he's not going to do for Alberta, it would be a fucking blowout. He'd, he'd either have to lie or it would be a blowout against him in Western Canada. And either way, it's a no win for him because he can't play both sides. This is why every party in our country is regional whether they admit it or not. Musk, you know, we were all excited about Elon Musk buying uh, Twitter. And then, well, <laughs> funny, that might be the first in the show. We, we get high and we see you later. Elon Musk, he's not doing it anymore. Well, I don't usually get high on our show. Do you? I don't know. I get a emotional high lots of days. Okay. Okay. All well, right. that's Back good. Here. That's good. Yeah. Uh, not a pharmacological one, though. All right. So it says the question is finally settled. Elon Musk says 
declined to buy on Twitter. His initial offer of $44 billion was contingent on truth and transparency of the company's corporate filings. And uh, essentially, Twitter has not provided information that Mr. Musk has requested for nearly two months, notwithstanding his repeated detailed clarifications intended to simplify Twitter's identification collection and disclosure of the most relevant information sought in Mr. Musk's original request. Imagine that. You're going to buy a company and they say, okay, well, it's worth this much and this is how many people use it. Whatever else you say, okay, show me the paperwork. Show me your books. Open them up. I just, uh, you seem honest, but just let me double check for myself. And they're like, no, fuck you. He's like, okay, well, I'm not buying it. That's basically how this played out. So do you, what do you think of Twitter? You're, you're a Twitter guy. Yeah. Uh, him not him not stepping up and, and t- not stepping up. I, I mean, literally what they did to him. Is that mean the demise of Twitter? Or like, is Twitter just Twitter and it's just going to be there and it's always going to be a pain in the ass? Like, what's your thoughts? Because you're a guy, you know, like, I mean, how many guys have I had on the podcast that I found or stumbled upon because of Twitter? Like, is it going to go to the is it is it dying because this doesn't go through? Or are you like, nah? I think this can still survive. I think this is a big old shit kicking as far as Twitter goes. I don't know if they'll come back for it or not. But I mean, remember when MySpace was ubiquitous and now. Nobody even knows what it is, right? And there's there's been a lot of little upstarts that that were there for a while and left. And no monopoly really stands on its own forever. I mean, look at look at iPhones and how Android came around. Look at look at literally any bit of technology, even if it seems like a long time. Almost no country or no companies in the world are over a hundred years old. So it's it's really just a matter of time before Twitter folds if you look at every other company ever. So the question is going to be whether it's going to be now or later. I think that this is going to be something that's really going to hobble them because if they had been honest about everything that they've been saying, this would have been a slam dunk sale. And the fact that it hasn't means that they've been lying about all of this shit. Via Rail says services across Canada could be suspended next week due to strike by approximately 2,400 workers. Well, this is perfect. I mean, we set up laws that say that the unions are protected and you can't really do anything. We don't have any decent right to work legislation and we vote for people who won't make changes. And then we have shit like this happen. This is you get the government you vote for. This is this. And they create this this structure where where the workers have this absolute stranglehold over over the employers and then it just it cre- it just stifles everything and this is A where group we're at of people couldn't travel across the country on federal anything and when they finally get to they go on strike that's another yeah that's a good point Omar is just shooting a thousand <laughs> Brown campaign accuses conservative party of acting in favor of Pulyev after disqualification from leadership uh, race, even though the president of the conservative party said it came within Brown's party. Anyways. Yeah. So details haven't really come out yet. Apparently they're going straight to elections Canada with it, but Michelle Rempel was tied to Brown's campaign early on and she bailed early. And at the time I, as soon as she, um, said that she was thinking about running for the UCP leadership. I was like, no, nope, no, nope, she's just using it as a smokescreen to back out from Brown's campaign because I thought that it was fairly disastrous because he was basically running on the same platform Sheree was, but doing it less well. And so, and then um, the campaign manager backed out 
a couple days after that. So everybody's fleeing this sinking ship. And then all of a sudden this comes out. And the interesting thing is that he's saying, oh, it's because they're backing Polyev. Because if they were backing Polyev, they would keep Brown in the race because he's going to split the far left vote in the conservative party between Sheree and Brown, who don't have a single conservative policy between them. Right. And so if they wanted Polyev to win, they would have kept him in. They would have kept Sharan, which he's still in, and it would have split the vote. Dude, the heat is getting to you. You got almost nothing to say tonight. I got nothing to say. I got a fly flying around my head. I'm stuck in this room. It's got no airflow. I am. Dude, cooking. you haven't even done your hair. Like, I just, I don't I even came, know you. I, listen, I, I came, are you a I came, homeless guy? I who's... came from the pool. I was catching uh, child after child jumping at me, splashing mm-hmm. me in the face. Laughing, hooting, having a great time. I wore yep. out. I'm in here. I'm hot. I could go for a cold beverage. I didn't pack one of those. That was oh, silly. That's so a damn shame. Yeah, as he drinks in front of me. What a prick. Mm. Anyways, the great mm. blackout. Mm. I'm hey, we got two left to go. I want to hear about the rhinos, but before we get there, I'm really interested in this great blackout because I seem to have missed all the fun with Rogers. Well, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of fun with Rogers. It was just <laughs> nothing happened. It was Yeah, it was just it's funny how. okay, so the telecommunications sector in Canada is very controlled. There's only a few people who can do it. And the new entrants are either barred from entry. The potential new entrants are either barred from entry or when they get in, they're almost willfully idiotic. Isn't this crazy? Isn't this crazy? And so, yeah, Rogers Rogers, out and it it shuts the whole country down. ATMs, non-cash payment abilities, 911 services, Internet and mobile for, well, pretty much all of Canada, anyone who deals with Rogers. That's what happens. Yeah. Like, help, help. That. I'm being stabbed. Sorry, sir. We can't complete your call right now. The guys who own the Blue Jays are experiencing technical difficulties. Right? Come on. Seriously. Like I, <laughs> I tell you what, man, that should right there should be a warning shot to every this, Canadian. Like, holy crap. This is a classic example of the old adage. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. And the funny thing is the socialists are all like, oh, well, this is a perfect example of why we need to nationalize our telecommunications. That's literally putting all your eggs in a basket. basket. They're saying they're saying you can't put all your eggs in that basket. You need to put all your eggs in my basket. Fuck that. Spread the many baskets, many baskets trying to as they're trying to buy Shaw too, right? They're trying to buy Shaw right now for like four billion. They're trying to like you're like. Well, maybe we should put a hold on that. Maybe we should uh, try and bring a couple other companies in. But hey, we're going full on socialist. Like, what does it matter? You don't have to try and bring other companies in. You just have to give them an opportunity to quit hobbling them. That's it. I agree. Final. Happy thought. Rhinos. 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 Coming back to Mozambique. Yes. So they went locally extinct 40 years ago. And Mozambique has been doing a lot in terms of reintroducing species. And it wasn't mentioned in this article, but they do a lot of it through trophy hunting. Are you aware of this? If you are a a wealthy, whatever, dentist in the States, you can go to Africa and you can shoot an old um, male of the species who's past reproduction, all of the younger studs are getting in and taking care of all that business. All he's doing is just eating grass or hyenas if it's a lion or whatever. Anyways, so you just go in, you pay a stupid amount of money to say that you shot this animal. 
because you only get to shoot that particular animal. It's not just like an open ticket, like it's deer season. So you go in and you pay to shoot that particular animal, which is, you know, it's, it's got rhino erectile dysfunction. Nothing's even happening. It's past reproduction. It's not helping out the herd. All it can do is give them a shit ton of cash that they can use to buy up land and create larger nature preserves and monitor them and keep poachers out. This is a net win. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a big thing. Like this is the first time in 40 years that the rhinos have been there and they're coming back. And I think it's a pretty happy story. Ever tell you the story of uh, the old bull and the young bull? No. Okay. So there's an old bull and a young bull. They're sitting on the hilltop looking down at the herd. Yeah. And the young bull's bouncing around and he goes, come on, let's go down there and fuck one of those cows. Yeah. And the old bull goes, hold on there, son. We're going to walk down there. We're going to fuck them all. Huh? Huh? Yeah. I'm dying. Sorry, here. sorry, Give me sorry, a laugh. sorry. Hey. I- <laughs> Sorry, it's 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 funny because we're looking back and forth and I'm smiling right on like right <laughs> on the verge of laughing and and my body language is putting it uh, forth. But I guess I guess if you're listening to it, it just sounds guess, like crickets, guess, yeah, like all yeah. these crickets were supposed to eat in the next couple of years. That's right. Anyways, twos, it's always been fun. I can't wait to get out of this room. I was waiting for me to do that. One of these. But uh, I held it together. Uh, oh, this is awesome. We should just keep chatting for like the next hour or something like yeah, that. You know, uh, do do another, you know, I'll, I'll interview you or something. Podcaster so. found dead in, in the room. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> he was identified by his headphones and microphone. Oh, God. All right. And then I'd have to do this every week with Dustin. So you better get out and get safe. <laughs> Sounds good, twos. We will chat with you next week. Take care, buddy.